It's Thursday. Just leave it as long as possible. Let it simmer, you know? It's time for another travel log. If you are in, let me see. I can never think of places, man. If you are in Slough. <laughs> Slough, the UK. And the only thing you have going for you is <laughs> that your uh, your town is on the UK version of The Office, or as it's known, The Office. If you are in, let me think. Let's think of more places, man. Where do people live? Someone give me a place. Someone give me a place. If you are in, someone give me a place. I'm going to wait. And whilst I'm waiting, I'll tell you, if you're listening to this after the fact, if you listen to this on Thursday or Friday or whenever in podcast form, I'm currently doing an Instagram live, which is why I'm asking for a place name. Here we go. <laughs> That's a difficult one. If you are in, oh, there's a bunch coming in now. If you're in Uganda <laughs> and you're, uh, see, I don't, I don't know what goes on in Uganda, so I can't really go off on, you know what I mean? I'm going to pick another. Oh man, there's loads coming in now. If you're in Lexington, Kentucky. Again, I don't, I don't know much about Kentucky. Andorra, if you're in Andorra. And uh, <laughs> there's nothing to do in Andorra, but it's a really nice place. If you're in Andorra and you're looking at the mountains, you're thinking, man, why does my country have such few people in? Why is there no one here? Never mind. It's quite a nice place. Then I would invite you to join me. Man, that took too long. Then I would invite you to join me. I am currently just outside of Venice in Italy. And the only thing I knew about Venice before coming here, well, <laughs> I say knew, the only thing I had in my head of Venice when, before I came here was the level on Tomb Raider 2. Did anyone play? You know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's like you get in the boat and there's people shooting at you. You've got your Desert Eagle, you know? Turns out it's a lot like that, right? So, who knew? Who knew? But it's it's nice. I'm just outside, and I'm in the nicest hostel. I've expensive. Yes, it is. I'm in the nicest hostel. It's uh, I've ever been in. It's literally this is the nicest hostel I've ever been in. It's the only one that I can call a luxury hostel. Now it's cost me like twenty euros for a night, which, as far as hostels go in Italy, is pretty standard, right? But it's insane. The whole place, you can see the ceiling here if you're watching on Instagram Live. You, the whole place looks like an Apple shop. You know what I mean? And all the hallways and stuff smell like fresh carpet. How good is that smell? Man, I love this place. So I was going to leave yesterday and then I stayed again today and then now I'm going to leave tomorrow because it's just nice, man. It's just nice. And it's nice to have a nice home base for a little while, especially when I'm doing some work. Now, what I'm going to do is, well, I've had a couple of questions in from uh, from last week. So I'm going to get to those first because I've already read them because I had to write them out because I'm using my phone here. So I'm going to go through those first and then we'll get into the episode. So first question comes in from Chloe Louise O'Connor. She says, hey, Lee. I love when people call me Lee. It was lovely hearing about you and your mom last week, <laughs> two weeks ago. I started traveling two years ago while still developing my journalism career. I've managed to travel over 10 different countries, but for every country I've visited, different cities within. I love exploring different cultures, but I'm finding it hard to find the time to write about my experiences. I've started to develop a blog, Alternative, alternative Perspective, but still finding it hard to find the time. Do you have any advice? Let me see. See, when I wrote this out, I should have probably thought about an answer, but I didn't. So, finding the time to do something that you want to do 
but you don't know if you have the time in the day. Now, I would say that you probably do have the time in the day. If you look at, it's a bit of a weird answer, but if you look at what you do throughout the day, if you, if you track your time and see what you're doing, you'll probably be very surprised. You know, you may, may spend an hour, two hours throughout the day just looking at YouTube videos, you know, like blokes falling over and stuff like that, you know? We all do it. So, so if you track that time, you might see, hey, I've got a 15-minute window there. And I know it takes more than 15 minutes to write something. But say you do one a week, 15 minutes a day, there you go. I'd also, <laughs> I empathize with you because as we know, I do a podcast. And as we know, last week, I did not do a podcast. <laughs> so I did, like, Wednesday comes around so quick, man. So I, I completely understand. It's, it's hard. It's kind of hard to find that time. I, I do understand. But if it's something that you really want to do, I think you'll do it. Do you know what I mean? It's like when it gets when it gets to that point where you go, man, man, I really should do that. Then you'll, that's how I work. Man, I really should do that. That's when I get it done, right? So what I'd say is put some time by for it. Put some time by for it. That's all I say. <laughs> Not my area of expertise. <laughs> time, what's it called? You know, uh, time management. There you go. But I don't know. Think about why you're doing it. That might help. Next one comes in from Jeff Baker, the fantastic Jeff Baker. I'm really enjoying your road fresh vignettes. Man, the guy's got away with words. Are you finding it more challenging than waiting until you get home and letting the experience mull? Chloe Louise O'Connor is in the Instagram live. Hey, apologies for the terrible advice there. So Jeff Baker, are you finding it more challenging than waiting until you get home and letting the experience mull? Right. Yes. Okay, next question. <laughs> right, so yes, I am. Because there's a thing that happens, right? When you're traveling or when you're doing anything, right? Where it's like if you're a day out of, from something, you can still remember, you can still remember everything, right? You can still remember all the bad stuff, all the good stuff. You remember what stuff looked like. You remember what stuff tasted like, right? And it's all there. You've got a perfect picture of it, right? Which is, which is fine, which is fine. But if you do let it simmer in your mind and you go back to it six months later, you go back to it a year later, think about your travels that you've had, a year, like years gone by, think about them right now. <laughs> it's a lot different to one that's just gone because I think with time, I think with time, all the bad stuff, I may be wrong, but this is how it is for me. I think all the bad stuff kind of gets washed away, right? Over time, just washed away. And then all you're left with is this nostalgic view of of what happened right all of the stuff that went wrong unless it's a hilarious story which is often the case all of the stuff that went wrong is kind of it it has left your mind and it's no longer there you're left with this almost whitewashed in a sense memory of what happened so it is nicer to look back but that begs the question is it better to remember something as it was or to remember the rose-colored glasses version that's the question. You know, is it nice to see the to see in your mind the authentic version or the version that your mind wants to show you, right? This is these are the things I think, man. So, yeah, it is more challenging because my memory sucks, but it's also quite nice because I love nostalgia and I love looking back on those things and go, "Man, that was good. That was good. That was good. Oh, everything was good, you know?" So there you go. Last question from Jenny Reed 99. We've had a couple from Jenny Reed 99, especially as my mom was here because she is the same age, a similar age. She says, I can see your mom discovering what's out there in the big wide world, jacking in her job and hitting the road. I can see that too. One thing I'm curious about is how you get paid podcasting. I haven't heard you plugging any particular products or anything. As I said, I'm as old as your mom, so forgive my ignorance. No problem, Jenny, no problem. I do not get paid podcasting. This is... That what I'm doing here, 
this is this is not paid work. <laughs> I am not a professional, I suppose. So I actually get paid by doing my job, which is I am an executive producer for a podcast <laughs> production company. I can see Cody in the chat there. So that's what I do for work. It's fantastic. I've talked about it before. Go back and listen to the to the episode. Something like a look at the old finances, I think it was called. It was it was a while back now. And if you listen to that, you'll listen to how I make money. A lot of people have listened to that one because it's a it's an it's an interesting topic that a lot of people want to hear about. You know, how do you make money on the road? Because that's the thing that's stopping a lot of people from getting on the road. I imagine a lot of you in the chat right now are thinking, man, if I had the money, if I had the job, if I had the location independence, I would be out there with you, man. And I believe you. I think you would be right. So it's it's an interesting question. It's a question that's asked a lot. That episode. I talked all about it. And actually, I went on a massive rant about like the system and stuff. It was, I don't know, I was listening to a lot of punk rock, so as I always do. So there you go. Right. Let's get into <laughs> the episode. This week's episode is the story so far, seven months into motorcycle travel. And like I said, I will be answering questions as we go. Feel free to distract me and make me go on rants that take me completely off topic. And then I would invariably come back and then go off topic once again, as I just did. So <laughs> the first place I went on this journey, it has been seven months. I thought it has been longer. I thought it's been like nine months, but it's been seven months. And the first place I went on this journey, oh, I'm going to sidetrack already. Stan Danley. Hats off to you, mate. You look nothing like I thought you would when I first started listening and yet exactly how I'd expect a road warrior to look. <laughs> it's the beard. It's the beard. Yeah. That's this, you know, signifies a road warrior. Anyway, man, okay, this is going to be a longie. I can see it already, man. So <laughs> like I said before, I think your memory of a place, your memory gets rid of the bad things. It erases the the kind of the the cold. If it was cold, which it was in France, I can't remember that, man. It, my memory has erased the cold. My memory's wiped out all the troubles that I had, apart from their hilarious stories. And it's left me with this nostalgic, clean view of the times that I had in France, man. It's exactly like I was saying before. And if I think back to France, that was probably, man, that was probably the most enjoyable country I've been to on this trip, man. I've been to nine countries so far. And see, I didn't think that when I was there, right? Because all I was thinking, ah, this was bad, man. So all I was thinking was, man, Spain is going to be so good because I was cold, right? And I hate the cold, as you know. So all I was thinking was Spain is going to be so good because it's going to be warm and I cannot wait until Spain, right? And so while I was there, I wasn't appreciating fully, my time in France, right? So I was doing, part of what made it really, really good was I was doing a lot of camping, like all the time camping, just getting into a village, taking a road that goes outside of the village and then just setting up the tent next to a river, just camping out, man. That is my favorite style of accommodation, I suppose. <sighs> man, it's so good. Just putting on some 70s music, you know, setting up the tent, cooking some food, accidentally slicing my finger open, losing pints of blood overnight and uh, <laughs> listen to the first travelogue. It's great fun. But yeah, that was fun, man. And I was on my own a lot. That was another thing. I was on my own a lot. And I, I, man, I love being on my own, man. It's, it's, it's where I can think. It's where I can enjoy my time. It's where I can listen to this music and, and bring myself into these states, these states of kind of pretending that I'm Peter Fonda from Easy Rider, you know? It brings me into these states, man. So that's what I remember of France. That and baguettes, which I know sounds, <laughs> you know, but I ate a lot of baguettes. What can I say? So, 
I always have trouble saying this name. Anamni says, every time, photography says, it's getting warmer, is more camping on the cards. Yes, I'll get to that. But yes, actually, I just got to it. Yes. So (laughs) next country I went into was Spain, right? And what happened was, as you may know, I was in, I was kind of near Bordeaux, right? Oh man, that was another good thing about France. I went to no cities. I went to like no city. Like Bordeaux was, I think, the only city I went to. Maybe another one, but that's what made it good. I, I don't like cities, man. I like the countryside. You know, I'm a country boy, so I like the countryside. So that's another thing that made it good. Anyway, I was in Bordeaux, right, and I was cold and I hated it and it was the worst. And it started raining in the morning, and so I was like, right, I've got to get down to Barcelona. I will be in Barcelona by tonight. So. I went south because as you know, or as you may know, I only use a compass. I don't use a map, right? Because I use a map after the fact. I write where I've been or I draw where I've been, right? So I went south. (laughs) Then I started going uphill. You've heard this before, potentially. And then I started going more uphill. I'm thinking, man, this is is not good. It's been raining for about three hours now on me while I'm on the bike. Terrible. And so I realized then I was in the Pyrenees, not where I wanted to be. And it was snowy and all the, all the rain water in my boots was trying to, uh, what's the word, freeze. <laughs> so it was not fun, not fun. But then I arrived in Spain. I arrived in Barcelona. I remember arriving in Spain, actually. I remember coming down from the Pyrenees. I took some badass pictures, man. And it's, I know it's a different country, but you can tell it's a different country, you know? The landscape completely changes. There's less, there's less trees, there's more mountains, you know? I don't know, I've just, I know I've just been over the mountains, but there's less trees, more mountains. There's, it looks like Spain, man, you know? <laughs> and that's, this is the thing, because that's what I was thinking about all the time. Not all the time, but a lot of the time I was in France because I was cold, right? So, so I was looking forward to it and then I was there and it was nice. But then I got to Barcelona, the first real city I'd been to on this trip. Now, while it was good, partially because I I met some really cool people there. I met a girl called Sophia and she was fantastic. She was uh, Dutch, Greek, amazing, amazing person. And uh, we hung out for a few days and that's, I think because I was on my own so much in France, that's what made it so good because it was like, ah, here's a person, here's another person. Let's talk to this person. Let's be friends with this person. It was great. It was great, right? But while I was in Barcelona, I wanted to be back out in the what I would say is the real world. You know, a lot of people say, when you come back from your holidays, your vacation, they say, ah, back to the real world. Nah, man, I don't think so. I don't think that's a real world. What, like cubicles and, you know, uh, I can't think of anything, uh, insurance, I would say insurance companies, insurance companies and stuff like that. That ain't the real world, man. Come on. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? These are stuff that's just made to make life that bit more simple, that bit more comfortable. And... Maybe that's other people's real world. For me, that's not the case. So I wanted to be back out in the real world, back out in the trees, back out in the rivers, back out on the bike, which arguably doesn't come into this whole real world stuff I was just talking about. But (laughs) I started going down the east coast of Spain, right? See, this is the thing about memories, man. I find, I don't know whether you agree, man, but I find that it's more these moments. It's like these snapshots of time. It's like your dreams. They say that you dream in still images. They say that you don't dream in video, you dream in still images, right? And I think I think well, that's true in memory, man, because when I think about the east coast of Spain, 
I can just picture this one moment when I'm going down the road and I had on, I had on the soundtrack to Easy Rider, <laughs> which I listened to too much, uh, really. And it was Wasn't Born to Follow by the Birds. Check it out, B-Y-R-D-S, right? And I was just going down the road. There's mountains to the left, mountains to the right. And I remember that moment. I remember how it feels. I remember how it smells. I remember where the sun was in the sky. Do you know what I mean? This memory is so clear, it's so clear. And it's all of these senses, man. It wasn't, it's not like I can remember, oh, the East Coast, I did that, then I did that. I can remember this moment, man. This is how I think about memories. This is how the, these memories come to me. Maybe I'm weird, but I don't know. Let me, let me know if you guys agree. So going down the East Coast, in the East Coast I went down to Valencia, right? And that is where I met Linus. Now, Linus, Linus is a cool guy, man. <laughs> Linus was the Austrian hitchhiker I picked up in Valencia. And so we were, I was in this hostel, it was a hostel, hotel, something like that. And we were at this bar and there's this guy just standing there. He's got kind of shorts on. He's got a do-rag. You don't see a lot of do-rags. <laughs> and he's there hanging out talking to no one, but just looking around. Looks like he wanted to talk to someone. So I went up and said, hey man, how's it going? We started talking. Within half an hour, we'd already made the plan that he's going to get on the back of the bike and we're going to go off wherever together, you know? So I found Linus, I picked him up and that's where stuff got interesting. That's where Spain got interesting for me. Barcelona, nice place, but not for me. For me, this is where it got interesting, man, because we went from there, we went into the mountains, Oh, man, did we go into the mountains. We went into some crazy places, man. And we were just camping and we were eating, we were just eating vegetables, man. We would go to the uh, the orange trees in Valencia or near Valencia and just <laughs> steal, I guess, uh, <laughs> loads of oranges. And that would be our food, man. That would be our food. You know, there was no scurvy for us. You know what I'm saying? So, so this was, this, man, this is the real world for me. The real world for me isn't going to work. I'm, I'm not bagging on people that go to work every day and love it. That's fine. For me, the real world isn't going to work every day. The real world isn't making someone else a lot of money. The real world isn't typing on a keyboard until you finish the email that's sending out to someone that's making someone else some money. For me, that isn't the real world. For me, the real world is getting out and stealing some oranges. Right. <laughs> so we went into the mountains, man, and man, that's, that's a real world. I can't say any more about it. So I dropped Linus off. I, dro I can't remember where I dropped him off. Oh yeah, I dropped him off. Ali the Swallow agrees. Thank you very much. I'm glad someone does, man. Because when people don't agree, I'm like, am I weird? I know I am, so it's okay. So I dropped Linus off. He hitchhiked onto the, what's it called? Where you go on a boat from ferry. He hitchhiked onto the ferry. Legend. <laughs> And I left him. There I went to Malaga and then I flew home for Christmas. Man, this is just a recap on stuff that's happened. And obviously I'm going it, to, it's not like I'm going to remember the word remember or I don't know, the best and the worst parts. I don't know, it's strange. But I went home for Christmas, right? I had Christmas in England. Now, I don't know how many of you people are from cold places, places that sometimes get snow, right? But... That's where Christmas should be. When I lived in Melbourne, when I lived in Australia, Christmas was 45 degrees, man. <laughs> That's not Christmas. I said, to my, uh, I said to my singer in my band, I said, man, do you have, do you have a, what are they called, snowmen on your Christmas cards? He said, yeah. I said, why? <laughs> and so Christmas, it has, it has to be in a cold place. It has to be in a gloomy place. It has to be, for me, in a place where you can listen to the cure and it doesn't sound out of place. So I went back to England for Christmas. And while I was there, I kind of, 
still had the travel spirit, which obviously stays with me, you know, through my days. But it's like, okay, you know those days when you wake up and everything... <laughs> it's actually a, a lyrics from a song called Everything Sucks by Descendants, right? So read those lyrics and you'll know exactly what I mean. But those days when you get up and everything sucks, everything annoys you. And it's just, oh man, oh, now this is happening. And then you realize that the only reason all these things are happening that annoy you is because things are annoying you. And these things are happening. They wouldn't annoy you if you weren't in that state of mind. But have you ever had those days when you get up and everything is absolutely fine? You know, something happens, you know, you find out that the room you're in is burning down. You go, oh, this is happening now. All right, sweet. Uh, take my phone, grab the cat. Out we go. You know, it's no bother, right? So when I came back to England, that's, that's the mindset that I had brought with me, right? And so when did this come into effect? Yeah, right. This is a story I haven't told actually, partially because it's not really travel-based, but I was on my way, but man, I'm talking fast. I was, I'm going to check that this is still recording. Yes, it is. 24 minutes already. So, <laughs> so I was on a bus, right? Because I'd taken, you know, uh, a taxi from Malaga to the airport. And then in the airport, you take the train and then you take the, the what's it called? Aeroplane. There you go. And then, <laughs> and then the train and then another train and then the tube and then another train and the bus and then walk. You know what I mean? I love doing those journeys. You leave one door and then many hours later, you walk into another door and you're like, man, I, I've just been on a journey, you know? So, man, what was my point? Right. So I was on this bus and I was at the back because only the cool kids you know, sit at the back. So I was at the back and there was this other girl that she was, she was on the left, I was on the right, right? And suddenly, out of nowhere, right? Suddenly she starts having, having like a fit, having like an epileptic fit or something. I don't think it was, I don't know, epilepsy, I don't know, inform me, but she was having a fit and I'm like, oh, this is up to me now. And so I was there, you know, comforting her and whatnot. And then, you know, got her phone, called her mom, said, oh, this is happening, called the ambulance and stuff like that. And it was because of the mindset I was in, I do have a point to this, because of the mindset I was in, I was able to, I'm not saying I'm a hero, I was able to act in that situation. But it's like that also kind of, that also kind of set me up because it's this mindset of helping, you know, that is, I think, akin to the mindset that I was talking about before, where you wake up and everything is okay. You know, all these positive things come out of this mindset, right? And I think travel sets you up for having this mindset, having the mindset of everything is fine, having the mindset of I will help this person, having the mindset of I'll give this guy a couple of quid because he's on the street. You know what I mean? It's like every time I come off the plane, I, <laughs> I steal again, steal. It's not like, it's not uh, inverted commas, genuine theft. Uh, I steal. <laughs> the uh the what do you call them uh sheets that they give you you know if you're sleeping on a two-hour flight and uh and then take it out and then give it to a guy in the street you know it's the same travel mindset that gives you these i don't know these ways of thinking right and i was kind of riding on that high of that mindset right and so i remember as i got off the bus and i was walking down the road these uh these two women were struggling to get this this big table out of the back of their their car you know because they were putting it in their house and i was like hey do you guys want a hand and it's like <laughs> it's like everything in my day was going good and i put it down to that travel mindset man like if i was in the same place and like i said before if i was going to that job doing that job coming home eating my microwave meal and then watching x factor and then you know whatever maybe i wouldn't have that mindset i think having the freedom of the travel and having that freedom into your mind gives you this mindset maybe i'm wrong <laughs> man breathing time <sighs> that was a lot of words that's a lot of words right there <sighs> okay back to 
southern Spain. In fact, it's interesting that Guy, Guy Unshaw has just joined because when I was in Cadiz, don't know how to say that in a Spanish accent, I stayed with Guy Unshaw's parents, the coolest people in the world. We worked on the bike, hung out with them. Amazing people, amazing time. And I never called him Guy, but Guy, thank you again for that. Thank them again for that. So from there, Portugal. That's where we moved to Portugal. Now, first thing I was thinking when I was getting into Portugal, again, the same thing kind of happened when I'm in, when I was in Spain, I was thinking, man, it's going to be nice when I'm in Portugal because I can speak the language, right? So in Spain, I'm just speaking Portuguese and like, you know, we can understand each other. I can understand Spanish. They can understand Portuguese. It's fine. It works, you know, but I'm like, man, it's going to be really nice in Portugal. So I was doing it again. I didn't learn from the mistake of being in France and going, man, I can't wait to be in Spain. I was in Spain thinking, man, I can't wait to be in Portugal. You know what I'm saying? So I got to Portugal and it was nice speaking the language. It was nice. What was really good though is when Sean visited. Sean White had visited, went to Carnival and we did so much. There's an episode that we did way back. Have a listen to it. It's fantastic. Rod Nockowitz says, random comment, but have you listened to Rocco Di Luca? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I will do after this. I will message me, remind me because I will forget and I will. So, cute questions coming in. In Portugal, I went to a hostel in Figueira, right? And that's where I stayed too long. And this is where another thing, another thing came about that I realized about myself, right? That I realized not just about myself, but I was in this place. I'll get back to that. Stan Danley asks, which part of Venice are you slash the hostel in? San Marco. No, I am near Venice in a place called Mestre. <laughs> potentially. M-E-S-T-R-E. The hostel is called Anda, as in Portuguese for walk and Italian for go. I don't know, andiamo. Yeah, A-N-D-A. Luxury. It's absolutely amazing. 100 megabyte Wi-Fi. This is why I'm doing this on a Tuesday, man. 100 megabyte Wi-Fi. Can't believe it. Right. So this is where another thing happened in Portugal. I was in this hostel and I stayed there far too long, far too long. And this is another thing I realized about myself. And well, not just myself, but you can get in what some people call ruts, right? Some people call them ruts, right? You can get in these grooves. You can get, think of a record, man. You get in these grooves and it's quite difficult to get out of these grooves. Now, luckily for me, the only the groove was just being in a hostel in Portugal. And the reason I was there was because it was raining, man. And so that was why I was in that groove and it was difficult to get out because I was comfortable there. And of course, this got me thinking about what I'm always talking about, being comfortable and being in the groove. This is something that I don't want to do in my life. But there I was doing it, man. There I was in this hostel, being there for longer than I should have been there. And it was I was comfortable, man. I was the only person in the hostel. It was nice. I had everything that I could possibly want there. You know what I mean? I had everything that I could possibly want except for the adventure that I knew I had to go out and get that I knew if I just left the following day, I would be going out and getting. But I stayed there. Is it human nature? Yes, absolutely. It is absolutely human nature. So I can completely understand how people get into these comfort zones, get into these grooves and find it hard to get out because our body, our brain, actually, our brain wants to be in this comfort because our brain doesn't want us to die. It's very kind like that. It doesn't want us to die. So it says, if you just stay here and you don't do anything, our rate of survival, our, our risk of death, goes down, you know, our chances of survival goes up. And obviously it's not survival anymore. It's, it's kind of, well, our brains still think it is, right? So I understand it, yet I still did it. I still stayed for longer than I should have, you know? 
So that was weird. That was weird. But then having, but the thing is after that, after you leave, which a lot of you guys know if you travel, right? After, you, after you've been in that comfort and you've been in that groove for a long time, when you do leave, man, that feeling of freedom is good. You know, when you just get right on out there and you go, man, this is, okay, this is it. This is what I, what I didn't do for so long. And because I put it off for so long, this is why it feels so good. And it did, right? So the ride through Spain, this is when I was talking to my mother and she was saying, hey, I'm going to come out to Italy. I was like, okay, cool. I'm in Portugal. So I had to get over to Italy. And so the ride was, the ride to Italy from Portugal was half fantastic and half not so good, right? Now, maybe going back to what I was saying before, maybe that's because it hasn't been long enough and I've still got all of the not so good stuff in my mind and it's not, I'm not just left with the, with the great stuff, with the whitewashed, with the rose tinted glasses, nostalgic version of this memory. Maybe I still have everything from that memory still in my brain. Maybe that is the case. But from what I remember, it was a hell of a lot of highway riding, man. And highway riding is not that fun. It's just not. I like riding in the mountains. I like riding, you know, next to rivers. It's, it's fun, man. It's fun. A couple of questions. Stan Danley says, is Gloria air or water-cooled belt or chain? I'm narrowing my selection down. This is for all you bikers. Gloria is air-cooled. Gloria is belt-driven. I would... <laughs> both of those are like... The, the, your maintenance has just dropped immediately. You know what I mean? It's like, it's air-cooled. It's like, what are you going to do? Top up the air. So, <laughs> and belt-driven is fantastic. No grease on that belt, you know? So, yeah. If you're narrowing selection down, go with Harley. <laughs> you can't lose. Rod Nockowitz says, what made you choose Gloria over any other bike? This is ooh, a lot of bike questions. I'm loving this one. Apologies if you have already answered that. I'm uh, in a previous podcast. Um, okay, so uh, I'll make this quick. So, yeah, Gloria. So I wanted, this is going to be very boring for people that aren't bikers or into bikes. So I wanted a Sportster because they're fantastic. And I wanted a uh, 2004 Custom. 2004 because 2003, it had a smaller tank. And 2005, 2006, they, ch they changed to injection over carb. So I wanted the, specifically the two, 2004. Now, I lived in a place called Newport in Shropshire in the Midlands. And I was looking for a 2004 custom, you know, sportster. And I found some down south. I found some that is five hours away, right? And then... And then I found this one, right? I found this one. I called him up. I said, man, where you at? He said, I didn't say it, that gangster. I said, where you at? That was still gangster. And he said, man, I'm in the Midlands. I said, cool, where? He said, I'm in a place called Shropshire. I was like, where? He said, I'm in a town called Newport. And that's my town. And I was like, what? I said, what street are you in? He said, St. Mary Street. I said, man, I'll be there in five minutes. I walked there in five minutes and bought it on the spot. That's why I have Gloria. So, Gayanshaw says, what were a few of the things that you learned about yourself from traveling with your mom? Great question, man. Hmm. What were a few of the things? Okay, let's see. I don't particularly enjoy touristy things. Now, my mom doesn't either so much, but those are the things that kind of, it's those things that you feel like you feel like you would have missed out on if you didn't do, you know? If I was in Rome and didn't see the Colosseum, I'd go, maybe I should have seen it, you know? And I kind of already knew this about myself, but it kind of confirmed it in a sense. It's like, yeah, they're cool and that, but you know what I mean? It's like I was saying before about the real life, right? Also, also I learned that you can be 60 years old and still a complete badass. There you go. <laughs> right. Stanley Stocker says, buy a Harley Sports at 1200, you can't go wrong. You absolutely can't. You're bang right. Okay, here we are. 
as Hayden said, get carb, not fuel injection. <laughs> You're absolutely right again. Yes. Any more bike questions? Stanley Stock has got you sorted, man. <laughs> Field those questions for me, dude. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> the ride through Andorra. I was dreading the ride through Andorra because Andorra is in the mountains. Andorra is very cold. When I was looking at the weather for Andorra when I was in Spain, it was like one degree, you know? I couldn't even say degrees. It was one degree, right? So I was like, man, I really don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. It's like one of those countries that apparently it's a country. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, should we be a country? Yeah, let's be a country. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? So it was, <laughs> sorry if you're from Andorra, but it was like, it wasn't, it's not high on my list. It's not high on my list, but <laughs> as is often the case, as is often the case, man, these things happen where the things that you are not thinking, the things that you're thinking are not going to be that good. A lot of the time they turn out to be the best. And this is the case with Andorra. I remember going into or close to Andorra, going up these mountains thinking, hold on, I'm not cold yet. Yes, I was wearing a ridiculous amount of layers, but it genuinely wasn't that cold. I must have caught it on a good day because it was nice. It was quite nice weather, right? And so I was going up here, going up here, going up the mountains, right? And it was amazing that probably the nicest views that I've seen on this entire trip, potentially, memory's terrible, but I would would say probably the, yeah, probably the nicest views I've seen. And I was thinking, man, I don't want to go to Andorra, but I did. And I saw those views and man, it was amazing. So all these things, man, all these things get me thinking about what am I thinking? What am I thinking about? Like, oh, I, you know, I have to go through Montenegro, I suppose, you know, but I don't know anything about Montenegro. Maybe maybe it's going to be the best place that I've ever been to, you know? This is what, this I guess this is what travel is about, man. Because it's like, if you go to, you know, if you just go in a, if you could say you go to Paris and then you go to Milan and then you go somewhere else and it's like, cool. Maybe the best place for you, maybe the place that you will appreciate more, maybe the place that will blow your mind is Uganda. <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you know that until you've been there? How do you know until you've explored this? How do you know until you take those risks and you, and yeah, it could be terrible. Montenegro could be terrible. Uganda could be terrible, but it could be the best place you've been to. Why prejudge these things, right? So that was Andorra. Heading into Italy. Heading into Italy. That's when my mom came. We've all heard about that. A couple of episodes ago, go back and listen to it. If you haven't heard it, my mom, 60 years old. She's actually now 60. Her uh, her birthday was on May 1st. So she's 60 years old and (laughs) what do 60-year-olds do on their birthday? You know, they... They go out with a backpack that weighs 4.7 kilos <laughs> and, they, and they go out traveling. They go out by themselves and they go out and they go on the back of a Harley and then they climb Mount Vesuvius. That's what 60-year-olds do on their birthday, of course, right? So go back and listen to those episodes, man. It was a lot of fun. I've had a lot of people write in about those episodes. People loved them. So this thing happened again after my mom left. So before my mom came, my friend Pete was here, right? Or in... in Rome, right? And I could have friends soon, actually. That'd be fun. So, because I'm in a hostel, you see. So my friend Pete came and then straight after my mom came and then straight after I went back to this hotel that I was in or hostel, it was like a hotel hostel. And I was, I made a bunch of friends and that's where I met Flavia. It all comes around full circle. Flavia joined earlier. Flavia and Barbara, (laughs) amazing people, amazing people. Flavia from Brazil, Barbara from Chile. We met in the, in the hostel and man, what can I say, man? They're the coolest people. And this is what happens with travel. People always say with solo travel, man, I'm going to be on my own. I'm going to get lonely. How do I meet people? You know, (laughs) you will meet people. You will meet people. And Flavia and Barbara are such a great example because Stan Danley says, got to cut out. Thanks for another amazing show. Take care. Thanks for the advice, Stanley. 
Hats off to you, man. See you soon. Thanks for coming. What was I saying? Yeah, Flavia and Barbara, right? So they met. I, I was there the moment they met because I'd already met Barbara and then Fla- Flavia came in and then they met, right? And then from then, they were just the best of friends, man. They were the best of friends. It's like, hey, where are you two going today? You know, they spend all day together and oh, man, it's that happens so much where you meet someone, you go, this person's super cool. And then the other person says, hey, this person's super cool. And you become best friends. And I know, I know that even though now they're in different places, they're going to keep in touch. They're probably going to travel together in the future. You know what I mean? They've that one moment in that hostel and they've become the best of friends. This is what happens with solo travel. This is what happens, man. So I was in the hostel and then oh, I've got to start breathing, man. So I was in the hostel. <laughs> I was in there for a while. And a similar thing, I could see a similar thing to Portugal was happening again. I was getting comfortable. I was getting comfortable in its place. It was a nice place. It had good internet to do work. I had, I had people there that were cool, you know, but I had to leave. I had to leave, not because I had anywhere to go to, not because I, I had, you know, anywhere to be, but because I had to get out of the comfort. I, comfort's nice. Everyone loves a bit of comfort. But for me, if comfort goes on too long, I have to leave. Comfort becomes my prison. Do you know what I mean? so I had to leave and so I did and then I was given this feeling that brought me back to that time in Portugal that brought me back also to when I left the UK and when I got into France right that feeling of ah, I'm on my own again I'm alone again is a Dokken song I was about to sing it I ain't gonna <laughs> it brought me back to this feeling of being alone again and being this is me. This is what I'm doing. There's nothing. Everything I have is on the bike. Everything I have is on my back. Everything I have is right here. This is my world. This is where I live. This is where I'm going. This is the direction I'm heading. That's all I know. That's all I want to know. That's the amount of freedom that I want. That's all I want to know. In which direction am I heading? And I was given this feeling again when leaving Rome. And thankfully as well, I was giving a wonderful backdrop for it, going through the mountains of central Italy. And that's what brought me to here, near Venice. Ta! Here we are. Man, that was a lot of info. So, Putty1981, uh, what can I read? Says, where are you at? Love your blogs and bike. Just checked in, dude. Hey, man. I am near Venice in Italy. I'm... How long again? Seven months into my trip of doing every country in mainland Europe. 43 countries. I've done nine, I believe. Nine, including San Marino. Apparently it's a country. I was there a couple of days ago. I've got 34 countries to go and I'm looking forward to it. And what I'm going to do is these are the things that I've learned so far. These are the biggest things I've learned so far. And these are the things I'm going to take with me. These are the things that I'm going to have to keep reminding myself so I can keep them with me, right? Number one, I want to keep it with me to not look into the future. I want to, I don't want to be in Slovenia thinking, I can't wait for Croatia, you know? I don't want to be in Norway thinking, man, I can't wait until Germany. Do you know what I mean? I did that in France and France was the probably the, the best part of this journey for me. I did that in Spain, Spain, probably the second best part of this, do you know what I mean? But all that time I was thinking, man, I can't wait to be in this other country. So I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to have to remind myself about that. Stanley Stocker says, do you know roughly where you'll be around the 9th to the 16th of August? I'm solo riding through France, France, Belgium, Germany, and the Netherlands. We should do wheelies together. <laughs> man, you're my new favorite person. So 
no, no, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no idea. The only two things I know, the only two things I know about where I will be is in early July, I will be in Transylvania because my sister is coming out. My sister is coming out. She has never traveled uh, so much before and she is coming out to Transylvania. We're going to go see the castle, stuff like that, you know. It's going to be amazing. So, and in July, uh, end of July, I'll be in Philadelphia, which is in the United States of America. And <laughs> and I'll be there for a conference. We're doing a panel, you know, because we're the big dogs, you know. Stanley Stalker says, I will find you, not in a creepy way. Can we make that a creepy way? I prefer that. So, <laughs> Rosa Parks waves. Hello, Rosa Parks. Thank you for everything you've done. <laughs> Congeniality34 says, Ohio. I think I, I may potentially be in Ohio as well. Stanley Stalker says, yes, we can. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> so there, oh, also, ah, Stanley, mate, this is what should happen. I'm thinking about going to the Harley 115 year anniversary, which is in the Czech Republic in Prague, which is in, ooh, when is that? I want to say July at some point, late June, something like that. So yes, man, look it up. HD 115, right? So... That's what I'm going to be doing. Hopefully I'm going to get into Scandinavia before it gets cold. I really don't want to be there when it's cold. But so that's what I'm going to do. And what I was saying before about, what was it? Come on, words. Don't fail me now. The things I've learned. There we go. I'm not going to be thinking of the future. I'm not going to be thinking, man, I can't wait to be in this next country. I'm not going to be thinking about, man, I can't wait to be in Philly. Man, I can't wait for the Harley Davidson 115th anniversary. Man, I can't wait to be in Transylvania. I'm not thinking about those things, man. I'm not thinking about those things because I want to be, man, I have a tattoo about this. I'm going to show you guys. I have a tattoo about this. Ooh, you can't really see. Oh, there we go. That gave you nothing. I have a tattoo about this. It's my watch because I never wear a watch. And my watch is aqui agora, which means here and now, because I look down at my wrist and I say, what is the time? The time is here and now. Be in the present, be in this moment, because you are too busy looking into the future and you're not, you're not appreciating this current moment. So this is going to be my reminder. Okay. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing that I've been thinking about, right? I've been thinking about England, man. And for me, for me, that's strange. I've been thinking about it, not in a kind of not in a patriotic kind of way, almost, but more nostalgic. You know, when I'm in England, I'm thinking, man, I can't wait to leave this place, you know. But when I'm outside of England, maybe you guys feel the same. When you go outside of your hometown, you you kind of feel more like a resident of there, if you know what I mean. I've never had that feeling before. I've never felt like I belong there. But when I'm outside of there, it's like, that's where I'm from. I'm from the Midlands, you know? <laughs> it's like I meet someone from England and say, hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from London. Ah, I'm from the Midlands. You know what I mean? It's like I feel like I belong there. And the, the further, the more amount of time I'm outside of there, the more connection I feel to it. Why is that? I'm sure there's a reason. I'm sure there's a reason when it comes to like, like a, a human need to be in tribes and stuff like that. I feel like there's a reason. So I do have plans. I do have things to do, but you know what? I'm not thinking about them. Tomorrow I leave this place. I don't know where I'm going. I'm going east, I guess. You know, we'll see where I go. And that is how I'm going to do this journey from now on. I've, I made a mistake. I made a mistake by thinking I'm going this way and I'm going to see that country next. I made that mistake because I was living in the future. I'm going to be living in the present. I'm going to be living in the now. 
and I'm going to be living every day just like it is its own day. It's like my friend Gaz once told me, right? He said, there is only one April 13th, 2006, you know, whatever day it was. And he's right, man. He's right. There is only one, whatever the date is today. There's only one Tuesday, whatever the date is today, right? And that's totally right. What are you going to do with this day? And why, if you're in this day, would you, would you not think about this day? Why would you think about the next day or the next day, or the next year or the next 10 years? Yeah, it's good to plan, but why would you live there? You live here. You live now. This is what my tattoo represents. Akia Gora, here and now. This is where we are. Let's get some stuff done. Right. I'm coming up to the hour, so I must sign off. This has been fun. I'll do one more question and then we'll sign off. Then we'll sign off. If you're listening to this on the podcast and not on the Instagram live, then feel free to come and join us. I'll be doing these either Tuesday or Wednesday, probably Wednesdays. I'm only doing it on Tuesday because it's got really good internet here. So probably Wednesdays. Come and join. This is fun. You can, you guys can ask some questions. This is great. And if you're listening to the podcast and and you're not here, then send in some questions. Instagram at Backpack Digital. If you're on here and you're watching, you know where you know where you're going. You're already watching. So I'll answer this last question and we'll leave it at that. The last question is from Bailey Ann 2223. She says, he says, she says, they say. <laughs> they say, what's something you can't travel without? And in brackets, material, clothing, certain personality traits. Oh, I love how you twisted that. So what is something that I can't live without with travel? Oh, man. That's tough because material things, I don't have I don't have that many. Like my bag is just over there. You can see my bag, actually. My bag is just over there. It's, it's not the biggest bag, man. I don't have a lot of things. What could I, what could I not live without? Okay, I'll, I'll go with the personality traits, man. I'll go with the personality traits. What I couldn't live without is my ease of, man, I need some, <laughs> in fact, Gloria. <laughs> Chris says Gloria. He's right. I couldn't live without Gloria. But <laughs> I'll go with personality traits. And there's probably a word for this, but the ease of going to, going up and talking to someone, man. It's like, that's how that's how a lot of these things start. That's how I met Linus. I went up and I talked to him. That's how I met a lot of these. That's how I met Sophia in Barcelona. That's how I met a lot of these people. That's how these adventures happen. That's how these things happen because you go up to someone, you go, hey man, how's it going? It doesn't matter what you say. Well, you know, but it doesn't matter what you say. I found, hey man, how's it going? Works well. Everyone knows what that means, you know? So that, that personality trait, I'd take that and I think that kind of goes into not just going up and talking to people, but going out and doing things, you know? It's like, hey, I'm going to go do this. Just doing it instead. Instead of saying, I'm going to do it, go do this, just do it instead, you know? Just starting something and doing it. Maybe that's called confidence. I don't know. Maybe it's called rushing into stuff. I don't know. But that is what I couldn't live without. And actually, <laughs> there's another thing. My, uh, my mother, everyone say hello to my mom there, Gail and Faith. I'm pointing. I, I don't know why I'm pointing, but... <laughs> So she has, she's absolutely right. Pen knife. It's not actually a pen knife. It is a knife. I'll show you guys on the Instagram live. This is in my pocket 100% of the time. This is my knife and it is always with me. I genuinely use this maybe almost every day. I used it today. I used it yesterday. I think I use this every day. This is always in my pocket. I use it for absolutely, including slicing my own finger. I use this for absolutely everything. And funny story, we were going into the Vatican and they have these, uh, they have all those security things like you have in airports, right? And the metal detector and stuff and you put your, all your phone through, you take your belt off, you know? And I walked through and the thing starts beeping and I'm like, oh, oh uh, something's going on. And the guy's like, nah, you're fine, you're fine. I'm like, okay. 
then we carried on walking and I realized, oh, wait, there's a big knife in my pocket. So if you're in the Vatican, I wouldn't feel so safe, you know. <laughs> this has been fun. I've tried to end this so many times now, so I will now. Thank you very much for your questions. Thank you for being me with me. Rosa Park says, do these all the times, all the time. Man, this is where I have to go because I can't say words anymore. She says, do this all the time. I may. Next Wednesday, potentially Tuesday, potentially Thursday. We'll see how it goes. I'll be doing this again. If you're listening to this after the fact on the podcast, thank you for listening. And if you're not subscribed, subscribe. That's it. There we go. Thank you very much for being with me. And I will see you next week.